0: For our expert feature this week, we're talking about hearing, and more specifically, audiology, which is the branch of medical science dedicated to the study of hearing, and also balance and their associated disorders. To open our ears to this remarkable sense and science, we're talking with Kaushi Ambipetia, who is a senior audiologist with Dilworth Hearing, as well as the Auckland Group Manager, and he's no stranger to radio. He's also been volunteer with Radio Lollipop at Starship Children's Hospital for the last ten years. Kashi joins me now.
1: Hi, Kyoto Jesse. How are you?
0: Nice to see you. The radio sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, it's nice being here. Um, and yeah, it's it's a nice fun fact um, that I like to throw out. And um,
0: tell me about what you do there.
1: Yeah, so Radio Lollipop is a volunteer organization, and what we do is um, go to the children's hospital, so that's Starship, and we try to bring the play and the entertainment to the kids in hospital. You can um, imagine that they'll be feeling quite scared, um, a lot of nurses, s- surgeries and doctors and things like that happening. So the whole idea behind us being there is to present, um, put a, a play element to it, and hopefully through that, a fast, re- fast recovery
0: as well. Love them. How did you end up as an audiologist?
1: And so I kind of stumbled upon audiology while I was studying my um, bachelor's of biomedical sciences. And it's kind of a question that you ask towards the end of the end of the program. You're kind of like, where is this going to go? Yeah. What am I going to do next? And so one of the thing about the biomedical program is that you get exposed to all of these body systems. Mm. And so one thing that really caught my I (laughs) um, was how complex the hearing system is and how everything has to go right for us to hear really well and also what could go wrong. And so the appreciation of that kind of led me to um, do a master's in auditory neuroscience, which is kind of how the brain hears and how the hearing system works. And then I thought I'll go into the clinical side of things, working with people, which I really
0: love. Are you a, and forgive me if this is a stupid question, are you a type of doctor...
1: That's a great question we're not it's not recognized as a medical doctorate program but the length of study that we do is about a similar amount um, It's a little bit more specialized in this one kind of body system which is hearing mm. um, We don't have the doctor title at the end of our or at the beginning of our name so it's just mostly kind of similar to an optometrist. Um, we're we're in that kind of same category. It's like the allied health category.
0: What are your responsibilities? What do you do? That's a great question.
1: Um, It's a question that gets asked of me all the time at gatherings and parties. Everyone's quite intrigued to know what an audiologist does. And over the years, I've heard quite interesting um, kind of uh, ideas about it. So (laughs) essentially what we do is we are the healthcare professionals that look after the hearing side of things. Um, So we test, we diagnose, and then we manage um, hearing losses and sometimes balance losses as well.
0: How does hearing work? There's a simple question for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, beautiful question. And so hearing is, um I find it to be a beautiful system. So how our hearing works, I'll try to talk you through how the system works. Um, so the hearing, um, the sound is captured through the external cartilage that we, we have here, and it's the pinna, what we call it. And through that, it kind of hones in all the sound into the ear canal. Um, and through this resonance in the ear canal, oh, they're like
0: satellite dishes, like kind of like
1: satellite dishes. Yeah. yeah, catching sound. And so the and actual signals.
0: physical part of you, I'm looking at your ear. Sorry, that's yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> the actual physical part of your ear that is shaped a bit like a dish, a
1: satellite dish.
0: It's trying, yeah. to, it's trying to catch noise. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. great analogy, and and that's what it does. And it catches the noise. And the ear canal is kind of like similar to squeezing sound through a very small tube. Um, puts it directed at, at a drum. It's kind of like the diaphragm of a drum. It kind of beats with response to, uh, to sound. And this beating of the eardrum shakes um, and moves a, a chain of bones. There's three bones, very, very tiny bones. Um, and the movement of these bones kind of create a piston-like movement of one of the bones onto the hearing organ. Um, and this piston movement, depending on the pitch what we call frequency, Um, depending on that movement, the hearing organ creates these waves in a fluid chamber, and those signals get taken up to the brain, and the brain kind of analyzes, you know, where those waves happened. Okay, that sounds like a lower pitch. This is that sound. And so since we're born, we're constantly kind of analyzing the sound and making our soundscape of what everything is.
0: Mm. Um, I'm getting lots of questions from listeners so I'll just dot these throughout yeah, the yeah. Uh, conversation uh, questions and observations Jenny says I'm completely deaf in one air but I have perfect hearing in the other and I wonder how common this is maybe your guest may know it's very much a hidden disability as I can chat completely normally with someone on my good side but I have had instances of people I've chatted to previously thinking I'm very rude when they approach me on my deaf side yeah. and I ignore them. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah definitely and, and th- that can happen sometimes you know this hidden hearing loss can happen since you were, you know, quite young and you might just kind of grow up thinking that this is how it is and Mm -hmm. you just don't know anything different. Um, Otherwise, it can happen during adulthood. You can have a sudden hearing loss where one day, you know, for one reason or the other, you wake up and all of a sudden the hearing's kind of dropped on one side. And so um, I completely understand what she's referring to there because we do see it in clinic Um, quite often and it is really interesting for the people that experience these kind of hearing losses on one side to be able to position themselves a certain way to Mm. communicate with people um, and the way they hear things as well
0: Uh, tanya says that one of her ears has been blocked for three weeks since flying with a cold what can she do to unblock it she's tried everything and the doctor just prescribed a nose spray which she says hasn't worked
1: yeah, and, and that's something we see when we are flying with a cold as well. When we have a cold, our kind of sinus passageways our what we call the eustachian tube that's mm. responsible for the popping sensation that we kind of do to equalize our ears. When we have a cold, that tube is not working as well to depressurize our ears. So um, when we have these kind of altitude changes that tube is getting squeezed out even Mm. more and our ear is no longer able to depressurize as it it should. Um, Eventually, it kind of settles down and and learns to depressurize after some of the inflammation and some of the um, blockage is gone. So a nasal spray is a good start. Um, Sometimes some people do a little bit of steam inhalation um, as well. Um, If it is ongoing for a little while, you can um, get your GP to maybe refer you to an audiologist See if there's a bit of pressure behind your eardrum and if it's ongoing, the audiologist can refer you to a specialist to have a look at it
0: too. Thank you. Now, I have done full half-hour sessions on tinnitus before, um, so we won't spend (laughs) heaps of time on tinnitus, but lots of people are asking about it. Is that something that you um, come across?
1: Yeah, yeah. Tinnitus is very, very common and I can relate to it because I have it myself as well. Um, And yeah, you're right. We could be here talking for hours and hours about tinnitus. So um, to give an idea for our listeners about what tinnitus is, it's essentially this phantom sound in the ear. Some people hear it as a ringing. Some people hear it as a buzz, uh, hissing. um, And it's the brain kind of creating this noise. Sometimes... The most common reason, according to research, is a hearing loss. It's some sort of blockage, either through wax blockage, or you might have an underlying hearing loss, um, some sort of blockage. And so that creates the brain to create these phantom noises that kind of compensates for the missing information. And so sometimes um, they can be constant, sometimes they come and go. So um, tinnitus is a very funny kind of thing because it's related to your emotions. Sometimes when you're um, feeling quite stressed and anxious, yeah. it can kick up a gear. And when you are feeling relaxed, you won't notice it as, as much. Um, and the tricky part of it is that you can get your kind of um, your emotional system to drive it up as well. And so a lot of the times when we see people, it's people who's been listening to it all the time. You know, when they're going to bed um, every day, they're listening to it. And it's kind of the body's the brain's kind of tuning it up and up and up.
0: Okay. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there. But um, yeah, you it would be worth you looking up um, on our show page, rnz.co.nz slash jessie, the word tinnitus, because we have actually spent quite a bit of time mm. um, with a tinnitus expert. I need a hearing aid, says Fiona, but there's such an array of prices and features. Does quality vary a lot between brands? And uh, you to tell me, uh, Kaoshi, as well, if, if you've got any particular relationships or um, with hearing aid manufacturers so people know where your advice is coming yeah, from.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. So um, I work for Dual Hearing and we don't have any affiliations with ma- manufacturers. Um, what we try to figure out is do an assessment and see which one might be the best for someone based on their needs and based on what kind of connectivity needs they have and that sort of thing. And I completely appreciate that there is a huge range of devices and different technology levels price points and things like that and i think my advice for fiona would be to um, just kind of do some research um, on what kind of uh, different technology levels are out there you can reach out to your gp to put you in contact with uh, an audiologist that's near you as well, who might be able to navigate that process with you. Um, What's important to realise is that there's a lot of funding options available. So just to give some examples, there's a government subsidy of $1,022 that every New Zealand citizen and resident gets towards getting hearing aids. If you've uh, been exposed to a lot of noise through your occupation, you might be entitled for ACC. If you've had some sort of deployment or been part of the military, you might be eligible for Veterans Affairs. And if you have a community services card, you might have some um, criteria that you're able to meet and get some hearing aids that way as well. So um, similar to kind of um, cars and phones, there's a whole multitude of hearing aids. And so it's best to kind of reach out to a professional that's near you, talk about your needs, talk about your hearing, what's available um, and see what's best suited for you, really.
0: Can you get some really good deals Though, is it, is it possible that a, that a comparatively cheap hearing aid may just do the job you need it to do?
1: It might. It depends on what your listening needs are, so some of the entry-level hearing aids. Most hearing aids are really good in a quiet situation for TV, for telephone, um, for just kind of small quiet environments. Yeah. Where the complexity and and the pricing kind of gets a little bit more expensive is when more complex processing is required. For example, background noise processing. A lot of people might have work that they're doing in background noise. They might lead quite social lifestyles and need a bit of extra support in restaurants and cafes. And so the more kind of processing is required to hear Um, that would decide what kind of technology is required, really. But if you wanted something that will improve your immediate kind of conversations, uh, um, your ability to hear TV and the clarity, yeah, some of the entry-level hearing aids can do that as well.
0: I'm speaking with Kashi and Papitia in our Monday Expert segment. We're talking about hearing, in particular audiology, which is Kashi's specialty. Do you often find that people you see for the first time are in denial about their hearing?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, And I think that's one of the things for us to recognise that people are on their own individual journey about hearing loss. And I think um, some research suggests that it takes someone about seven years to come to terms with their hearing loss. So from the initial kind of recognition of, yes, I have a hearing problem to doing something about it it's a lot shorter for someone with the visual kind of problems Well, you know, we get glasses really quickly, but we don't really take on the hearing um, help Mm. that we need. And so we do find um, there is a journey. And then part of our job is to recognize where people are at. And, you know, if they're not in the, in the, in a, in a place that they want to take up some options, it's just kind of being encouraging, providing them the options, um, letting them know about the funding and then just kind of giving everyone the information so they can make a well, informed decision when they're ready to take it on.
0: Is it often their partner or family member that... Um drags them along to someone like you. Know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we see a little bit of that as well. We see people bringing in their kind of, you know, um, loved ones or um, and, and, and people that's close to them and saying, look, I think they need a hearing um, check to see how they're going. And um, we see a bit of that as well. And some of those signs are having to ask for repeats all the time, having the TV turned up a little bit louder and missing things in the environment and things like that. And it's a good way to get people to come in to the clinic as well. If you do have someone that you want to kind of um, give a nudge in the right direction to say, "Look, come in and get your hearing um, kind of checked," you can, t- as a family or as a as a support supportive uh, member yeah. for this person, come in together and do your hearing test. And that way, it's it's kind of a, um, a less threatening experience.
0: Do you often find people come in um, thinking that they're going deaf or losing their hearing? and you discover it's just because their ear is blocked and can be yeah. quite safely unblocked.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and that's quite common in clinic as well. When we look into the ear sometimes, we see lots of wax, so it could be as easy as getting that wax unblocked. And so for these people, we um, guide them to an ear nurse who will be able to microsuction the wax out safely, and uh, most of the time that seems to do the trick for them.
0: How do you look after your own hearing?
1: Looking after the hearing um, is just mainly around protecting your hearing. So if you're doing uh, a lot of work with machinery, loud, loud noises, if you're going to a lot of gigs, concerts, um, it's around just finding the appropriate hearing protection. So if you're going to a lot of concerts, for example, investing in some musician earplugs or if you're working with a lot of machinery, making sure that you've got the hearing protection over your ears and I think what we don't realize is that the damage is kind of accumulating slowly over time. and At one point, it will just slowly show signs that there's a loss. So um, speaking from my own experience, I used to go to a lot of concerts and gigs and things like that. And, you know, when you're young, you just think you're invincible. Um, and there's that one concert that kind of tips the balance over mm. the edge and you start to get the tinnitus and then you might start getting signs that you're starting to miss things. And so it's not till a later stage that you started to notice these things. So if you are in a place where you do have access to um, hearing protection, and I think there's a lot of kind of awareness around it now than a few years ago, I would definitely highly recommend looking at those
0: options and wearing
1: those options, most
0: importantly. Someone on tech says, what is many disease and can it be cured?
1: Yeah, Meniere's disease is a is a is an interesting kind of disease um, of the ear, and it's uh, mainly related to an imbalance of the fluid system that's in the ear. There are a few compartments of fluid-filled um, cavities in the ear, and the the fluid chemistry and the imbalance of this is known to cause Meniere's, and so. A lot of the time, uh, symptoms can include vertigo, it can include kind of fluctuating hearing, a fullness feeling in the ear, and a roaring tinnitus, kind of like a lower frequency, lower pitch tinnitus, like the waves of the ocean. Mm.
0: Um, Peter has otosclerosis in one ear. He says he's tried hearing aids, but they seem to amplify background sounds, so he has to hold his hand over his ear to talk on a phone. Apart from having an operation, is there another help? So maybe you can um, begin by telling us about autosclerosis.
1: Yeah, autosclerosis is um, this bony growth that happens in the ear. Because our ear canal is a cavity, um, When it, it most likely happens in people who are exposed to colder climates, colder water like swimmers, surfers, um, and the autosclerosis um Sorry, I'm talking about something else here. Mm -hmm. It's exostosis that I'm talking about. So autosclerosis is this calcification of the bones that happen Mm. in the middle ear. And so the calcification um, kind of fixes those bones that I was talking about. When it vibrates, it kind of fixes them in place, so they're not able to move. Kind of like that piston that I talked about. If you imagine, if if the bones not able to move back and forth onto the hearing organ, it's not able to create those kind of fluid um, changes that's needed to hear. And so, um, yes, surgery is something that's uh, open to some people, and an ear, nose, throat specialist will be able to guide you around that. But if you you are not able to get a surgery or if that's not a viable option you can look at a hearing aid If you are getting some background noise um, problems and and having to kind of work around that, you can reach out to your audiologist. There are some things that you can do around creating separate restaurant programs and things like that that you can access. You can connect your hearing aid to an app and see whether you can um, take out some of the the background noise through the app and kind of do it that way as well. So see what technology you can connect to and how you can further enhance the hearing experience.
0: I had hearing damage from a loud noise incident says one person on text and now loud low frequencies like traveling inside a car cause my hearing to kind of rattle in the damaged ear i had a hearing test which showed high frequency hearing loss but didn't pick up anything about low frequency issues is there anything that could be done or is it just permanent damage Um, that's a, that's a
1: very good question. And so when we do have some sort of uh, damage to our ear, our ear does this thing where it just kind of increases the sensitivity of our ear so that it kind of protects our ear from further damage. So I wonder whether even though, um, the, the hearing is damaged on the higher frequencies, whether a, a big amount of lower frequencies are also causing the hearing system to be a little bit overwhelmed. So, um, I would maybe think about some um, hearing protection that you can get to see if you can wear like a, an earplug of some sort of a light earplug that will stop some of the kind of overstimulation from happening. Um, if it's a case of maybe having some people talk about having the window down and when the wind is rushing through that causes a bit of pain in the ear. So if, if possible, having the, the window up so that the wind is not rushing through the ear as well.
0: Once you've lost some of your hearing, can you get it back?
1: It depends on the type of hearing loss you have. And so um, if it's a temporary kind of hearing loss, uh, we're talking about a hole in the eardrum, we're talking about wax blockage and things like that or fluid behind the ear. These are what we call temporary issues because the, the act of resolving this problem will restore your hearing back. Removing the wax getting rid of the fluid behind the ear. Once the eardrum fixes itself, the hearing will come back. Um, other side of things are permanent types of hearing loss, so things like um, noise-related issues, trauma, um, our natural process of aging. This, this kind of hearing is hard to bring back um, because that's to do with the sensory side of things, the cells and, and the and the hearing organ itself. Um, is at a state where it's not able to kind of go back mm-hmm. into its original state.
0: Interesting. So someone on text, I've just turned 50 and this chat has probably prompted me to get a check as my kids say, I am going deaf. What can that person expect at a hearing test?
1: Very good question. And I, and I would highly recommend everyone, d- despite of age, to get a hearing test done. I think it's always very good to have a baseline hearing test and to see where our hearing is going over time. It's Definitely not something we consider till maybe we're a little bit older, but I always encourage even um, some of our younger listeners to get in there as well. So um, related to this question, I think the um, thing to do would be to get a hearing test done. What you would expect to have done is um, for, the, for the professional to look at your eardrum, how well your eardrum is moving, and they will um, do a hearing test where you have to press a button for a series of beeps that you hear and we try to figure out the softest that you can hear we also do some speech tests to figure out you know whether um, some of the softest things that you can hear kind of correlate well with the speech testing that we're doing are you hearing some of those sounds Um, and together we will make um, kind of an an analysis of what you're hearing is and talk to you about it and see where it's at
0: um, my dad recently passed away, says Liz, and he had his hearing aids insured for over five thousand dollars. Can they be useful to anyone else? He hears, uh, so he has heaps of batteries left too.
1: Yeah, it will definitely be useful to someone else. I always encourage people to think about direct family members that might be um, needing some help with hearing. So if there is a family member that you can donate the hearing aid to, you can donate it that way. Um, otherwise, there's a hearing aid bank um, that uh, the, our society, the New Zealand Audiological Society has as well, where we donate hearing aids and some of these donated hearing aids get given to people who are not able to mm-hmm. have the means to get them. Um, one of the uh, cool initiatives that we did through work was uh, to have a whole lot of donated hearing aids. And uh, earlier this year, they took them to Samoa and they um, fitted a whole lot of people and a whole Gosh, community. be life-changing, so- Yeah, that? yeah, and that was quite rewarding um, to see that kind of um, thing taking place in a different country and, and their community to kind of have a better quality of life through all of these donated hearing aids so I would definitely say reach out to a clinic near you see if they have some sort of means to um, recycle that. She could sell
0: aid. them if she wanted to though couldn't she?
1: Yeah she could as well. Um, I think some of the things to keep in mind is um, warranties whether it's the right hearing aid yeah. for the person and things like that um, but yeah I have seen some hearing aids kind and pop up every now and then on Trade Me. Um,
0: okay, Gemma says, um, I'm interested to know if uh, Kashi has any advice about protecting teenagers' hearing, particularly when they're always wearing headphones. I'm always trying to get my teen to take off headphones if he doesn't need them. Any advice? Hillary's on that one as well. Please ask your guests to discuss the prolonged use of music buds or headphones possibly causing hearing loss.
1: Yeah, great question. And I think it's uh, a question that we get in clinic from a lot of parents, mm. uh, mainly because uh, they're worried about their kids' hearing. And, yeah. and it is rightly so. Music for a prolonged period of time at a loud level can cause um, problems. So it's talking to them about listening at safer levels. A lot of the time when you talk to the kids, it's because there's a a lot of background noise in the household. That's the main reason that they're turning it up. So some parents have um, kind of shared their tips and tricks and maybe a noise-canceling headphone might allow them to not compete with the external noise and just kind of tune it down. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would talk to maybe your um, children about the reason they're turning it up. It might be background noise. It might be uh, that their preference is loud and then trying to see how we can kind of educate them more about um, noise exposure and how to protect their ears.
0: But it is a real thing, huh?
1: It is a real thing. I think if you can, if if you overexpose your hear, uh, ears to loud noise for a long time, yeah, it can create kind of permanent damage. Um, over time it might not show up in like you know the short period of time in a few months or years but maybe when they're 25 30 35 that kind of accumulation of damage can show its
0: signs been great having you in today thank you
1: jesse this has been really nice it's been nice talking to everyone and uh sharing is uh
0: senior audiologist and auckland group manager for dilworth, uh, dilworth Hearing.